Ladies and gentlemen, players of all ages, this is the Old Player's Perspective. I am your host, Big U, Big TC. I'm in the house with Ty Lim. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Everybody doing today? So we've been off this thing for a minute. We do have some conversations that we haven't published yet, uh, as well as the second part to that last discussion we were having. Um, uh, but for now... So uh, enough about all of that. Let's get right into it. Uh, first off, uh, Warriors still winning. Yep. Warriors yeah. still winning. You know, we're taking a loss here and there. But we still winning. We're still at the forefront of the league right now. Um, the West is so competitive that it's still too early to have any kind of comfort or really think we're going anywhere far. But just the kind of ball they're playing team ball. You know what I mean? Especially without Clay. Without Clay, Clay should be. He should be back soon. Sometime in the early part of next year, Clay should be back. You know what I mean, um, my deepest condolences go out to the family, Slim Four Hundred, uh, who is reported to have been gunned down. I don't know many of the details, so I'm not going to sit here and talk about a bunch of stuff that I don't know about. I don't know if there's a suspect. Uh, I'd be willing to bet that the shooter was either somebody who looks like us or a law enforcement officer. And that probably sounds crazy. Uh, I'm not from that area, but if you're a certain age and you're from Southern California, you probably know that, you know, it's not that strange to think that a law enforcement officer might knock somebody down, not in the name of their duty, but just because. And I'm not putting a conspiracy out there. I'm in no way suggesting that's what happened. I have no idea what happened. I'm just confident in saying that it was either someone like him, meaning another brother, or a law enforcement officer that did this. I have no information about what took place. I have nothing to do with it. I don't know anything about the case in this instance. Uh, I, I did have an appreciation for the young man and the work that he's done. He's uh, I've never met him personally. I've seen him before, and that's part of why I respect him. He falls in a category of artist. And I ain't here to say who's a gangster and who's not, who's real and who's fake. Everybody is a real something. That's not my place. Uh, what I can say is I've seen him in my city. He's not from my city. He falls in the category of people that I've seen with my own eyes. Uh, Yo Gotti is one of those guys. I've seen him in my city. I've seen him in Oakland moving around with Oakland people and seemingly comfortable. YG is another one I've seen in Oakland with Oakland people and comfortable. I never saw Boosie myself, but Boosie was in my hood shooting a video. I wasn't there. I didn't see it myself, but the video is evident. I see people I grew up with. He was in my neighborhood. I have a respect for artists that are comfortable to be outside in an area that they're not from. I do know that in a lot of cases, the area you are from is where you face more danger. In this case, this young man died. Not far from where he comes from. Another case of someone dying in their area. I'm not going to make it about that at all. This is not going to be something I spend too much time on. I, I do want to say to anybody that's listening, I don't buy into the idea that you got to stay away from your city, your neighborhood, your county, your town. I don't buy into that. I do understand that most people... 
if something happens in that nature, it usually happens not far from where you come from, unfortunately. In a lot of cases, at the hands of someone that we know. Um, but it was a tragedy. Just another young man lost uh, uh, another great person that didn't make it to their 40s. Uh, I guess the report says he was 33 years old. Um, 33 years old is like such a common thing. If you just go through history, especially with black men, but you know, you can go back to the Bible. Jesus died in his 30s. You know what I mean? Dr. King died in his 30s. Malcolm X died in his 30s. Bob Marley died in his 30s. Nipsey died in his 30s. You understand? And the list goes on and on. There's more. I don't want to make it like it's a jinx or something. Uh, it's just a very unfortunate thing. And though I did state just now that I believe it was probably either a law enforcement officer or another black man. I have no information to suggest that. I can say we got to stop the self-hate. Uh, I do understand. I'm a, I'm a neighborhood guy. I understand street politics. Uh, I've moved around enough in the streets in my young years. I get how some things go. And at times... There's cases where blood has been lost and it's hard to not look at someone as your enemy if they're responsible for you losing a loved one. And I'm not in any way suggesting that's the case again for this young man, but I'm saying we got to stop hating ourselves. When we point a gun at somebody that looked like us or we bring harm to someone that looks like us, what we don't realize is that we become weaker at that point. Because we're one body. We're one body. As, as a black man in America, we're a part of a body. And we can't hurt our own body and not be affected by it. I can't put a blade in my hand and cut my leg. And not be affected by it. It's a part of my body. If my body leaks, my body leaks. We all suffer from it. So that's really sad. And again, I'm not here to preach to anybody. Um, I, I'm more just disgusted. I'll be honest. I was disgusted almost 30 years ago. I was disgusted almost 30 years ago. I was tired of it that long ago. At the time, it was more about people that I know personally that I have relationships with. At this point... It's just always something. Uh, we spoke on the last program about the tragic loss of Dolph, whom I also believe was in his 30s. And it used to be a thing. They didn't want us to make it. It was always a struggle for us to make it to 18. That would be a milestone. And we make 18, we make 21. And it used to be a thing where if we could get to 25 out here, we got a good chance that we'll beat the odds. But so many men have been lost in their 30s. Most of the time, fathers. The average guy is a father by the time he's 30. Not every guy is a father. Some guys go through their whole life and never father a child. Uh, 
Obviously, some of us were fathers before 30. I haven't had any children over the age of 30. Uh, my son is about 29. Like, But none of my kids were born in my 30s or 40s. But typically, the average man has become a father by the time before he's 40 in a lot of cases. And a lot of these are fathers that are being lost. And when you're talking about a celebrity, you're not just talking about a father. You're talking about someone who's responsible for other fathers being able to provide. And I don't know about this man's business. I don't know. You know, I know he's a recording artist. I like some of his music. Uh, but I don't know his business to know how many people he employed. But it's a given. It's a known thing, especially in the case of rappers. When we lose a rapper, there's a whole economy that suffers because of the loss of that one rapper. Almost every rapper that has a little bit of success is responsible for at least 20 other people. That might be their children, their parents, their siblings, their crew, their team professionally, whether it be managers, publicists, whomever. Every rapper that has some success even a small-time rapper, if he has success, he's likely responsible for about 20 other people who count on this guy as an employer, as a provider, as a leader. So that that for that, I'm devastated. Um, I was caught off guard by it. I mean, honestly, this kid was the furthest thing from my mind. When I saw the report, I had hoped that Another report will come out shortly thereafter to say somebody made this up and it's some bull. It appears as though it's true. Um, again, I don't have any details of it other than supposedly it took place in Inglewood. Um, past that, you know, um, my understanding is the kid's originally from Compton. I learned today in his passing that he was actually born overseas and raised in Compton. Um, but tragic loss and my deepest condolences to his child or children, uh, the mother of his child or children and his family. And it's just another sad thing, man. I, honestly, you know, growing up, I for sure listened to a lot of YG. I didn't even hear about the whole Slim thing. When you said it just now, that's the first time I heard about it. I just looked at it on my phone. just kind of like caught off guard right now. I ain't seen it on social media. I ain't really been on there. So, yeah, man, rest in peace, man. That's cold. Yeah, and like I said, man, I've, I've seen this guy in my city. He not from there. He don't live there. I don't live there. I'm from there. I don't live there. But I've seen him moving around comfortably like a family member. And that don't make him no tougher than nobody else, but it does speak to his heart. It does speak to his confidence in himself as a man. Uh, we watched him bounce back after the last time he was sh shot. That was non-fatal. Uh, Life-threatening injuries were sustained. Then he fought for his life, bounced back to being marginally healthy, and then back to where he was moving around and functioning again and creating again. And it's just very sad. I don't know what's involved in it. Um, I only feel like a life is worth a life. I... I 
I don't have any knowledge to confirm or deny if he's ever taken a life. But short of a life, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like anything that you might be upset about today, given more time to think about it, you might not be as upset as you are. Um, given more time to think about it, you might realize how many other options are there to exercise. And period, point blank, only a life is worth a life. So if, if an individual has not made an attempt on your life or is not posing a threat to the life of someone that matters to you or even a stranger, if you have to kill to save the life of a stranger, okay. But past that, it, it just got to stop, man. And we live in a time now where it's a badge of honor to be a hitter. Everybody's a stepper. Everybody's a shooter. I mean, everybody, that's the badge of honor. This is how I move. I'm saying I give it up. Okay. Guess what? We all give it up. And I'm not saying that every one of us, every individual commits these acts. What I'm saying is we're all human. And as a man or a woman, everybody has something that they're willing to go the extra mile for or result to extreme measures over. I grew up in a neighborhood where there was a bunch of killers. You could say now... The whole neighborhood is killers. Not everybody in the neighborhood has killed someone. But now it's the thing that guys, especially younger guys, want to have attached to their image. And dare I call it cowardice. I'm not suggesting any one person is a coward. I don't I don't want to come back to the hood and have youngsters at my head thinking I'm calling them scary. I'm not talking about specifically my neighborhood. I'm talking more in general. But just me being a neighborhood kid in my neighborhood, when I was young, we knew who mostly all the hitters were. Nobody talked about it. They didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. Uh, you know, as the saying goes, if you know, you know. It wasn't talked about and it wasn't a bad, it wasn't something to be proud of. It wasn't something that was used to say, don't mess with me. This is what I'm capable of. You don't know who's capable of it. Everybody's capable of it. It's a matter of what the reason is. Every individual has a different threshold of what will push them to a certain point. But everybody's capable of it. Um, I pray that we can get through the rest of this year without another known figure. People are going to die every day. Multiple people are going to die every day. Somebody somewhere in this country is going to be murdered every day. But we're talking about people that inspire the kids. Even if the messaging isn't so positive, you have to understand the inspiration that comes to a young person, especially a young brother, who gets to witness someone from a similar background to them transform their life and find success. So I could be rapping about drugs, sex, violence, and everything else. If I succeed at it, there's a kid that comes from where I come from 
that's going to say, I don't have to do these things. I can just tell stories about the things I've seen before and people want to hear it. And I can be famous for that. And I can make money from that. And it ain't about getting out again. I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to making it out. You make it better. And I'm not suggesting you just don't leave your hood or don't leave your city. For growth, you need experience. So it's not a bad idea for anyone to spread their wings, conquer new territory, get an idea about life in another place than just where you come from, just to broaden your scope in life. So I'm not going to push a narrative that when you get on, you got to stay away from where you come from, stay out the streets. You know, the same dangers. People, people's homes get invaded. People, people, people get hurt without coming outside is the reality of the matter. But I pray that we got a, a few weeks left in this year. If we can get through this year without losing another rapper, another celebrity, tragically, uh, violently, or just period, because, you know, we've, we've lost figures that are inspirational figures to an inner city or just a young person. I don't even want to make it about race or geography. Just a young person. As a young person, you need to see as many examples of paths to success as you can. Every young person. There's, there are young people that come from privileged backgrounds. That can't see their path toward their niche in life. Or that have traits in their personality that might stand in the way of them finding success in certain fields. But there's there's something there for all of us. And you got to find your thing. And so for the kids, man, like. For the kids. These kids need to see various examples of what success looks like. They need to see I don't have to be this one way to have a good life. They need to see that even if I don't have the scholastic aptitude to go to a university, that I can still be successful. I can still have a legal career and make money and provide. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I didn't mean to talk this long about that subject matter, um, but I wanted to get that off first and foremost. Like I said, we, we, we still owe you part two of the last conversation we were having. And that is on the way. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get that out at some point. The part B of uh, unedited and unfiltered or unfiltered and unedited, whatever we titled that one. But other than that, what's going on with you, man? I know I'm sitting here renting. Uh, you know, not much, really. I'm just out here trying to be the best man I could be to shorten, shorten that up for y'all. Out here working on myself and just living, you know. That's all. Really, it ain't much out here right now with the virus and everything going around. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Working out, studying in the gym. That's the play. That's the play. I mean, working on yourself is never a bad idea. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. You know, I go by the old player effects daily. Uh, that wasn't something that was made up for this show. This is a theme we've been running with for some time. Um, I'm not that old. I'm getting older and older every day. I'm not that old. 
But for for the the spaces I move around in at times, I often find myself among the older people in the spaces that I'm in. And that's sort of where that whole thing came from, because like I said, I woke up one day and I was that I was that dude that I remember. Like I remember when we was young dudes running around, it was some dudes that ran around and hung with us at times that was a lot older and further along in their life than us, but they were just like us. And I became I've become that guy. Like uh uh not to say I'm not growing or that I'm trying to be a kid. I have no desire to be a kid again. I would love to have my youthful energy again. And I try to tap into that as much as my spirit can summon it. Um, past that, I have no desire to be a kid again. Uh, I have I have no interest in 22-year-old women or anything of that nature. Like I have kids your age, and they're not even my oldest kids. So... It's not a thing of me wanting to be young, but I do prefer the energy of young guys and, and old guys. I, for me, it's more that I don't learn a lot too often from guys my age. That ain't to suggest nobody close to my age has ever taught me anything, but I don't learn a lot. I learn so much when I hang with the real, the double and triple OGs, the 70-year-olds, the 85-year-olds. I learn so much from these guys. You talk to an 85-year-old dummy, and he'll tell you some things that you never knew before. A dummy. So imagine an 85-year-old that's sharp. Same with the youth. I talk to the 30 and unders, the 35 and unders, and we come from the same place, but their reality is a different reality than mine, and I learn so much. I learn so much. In some cases, I find out how ahead of my time I was because some of the things that I was into as a young man that were not popular are popular now. Go figure. So I enjoy the, the young players. I enjoy the real old players, the guys that were my age when I was first becoming an adult. That's the company I like to keep. You know, really I prefer the company of, of ladies over men at all. But I'm not a single man, you know what I mean? So it's not always appropriate for me to be surrounded with a bunch of ladies. So I like to hang with the old timers or hang with the youngins. I don't want to hang with people my age. We all got the same memories and we just reminiscing about the last thing we all did together. That's cool every now and then, man. But I want to see what's next. Old people are always excited about the future and youngsters are always excited about the future. Guys my age are just caught up in their regular everyday life. You don't have a lot of inspiration about the future at this age, man. I want to be inspired. So I seek to surround myself with those that inspire me. And I'm inspired by women, young players, and my OGs. You dig? And that's no slight to my people, brother, son. I ain't saying that you're a lame or anybody like that. People that's my age, it's like, what do you mean? I'm not saying that we're lames. A lot of y'all are just like me. Y'all like to rock with the old timers and the young players, man. It just is what it is. So that's that. You know what I mean? Um, we got a lot of stuff we got to get out to you guys. We we are going to be uh, wrapping up close of the year of this season one. This is our pilot season. We're going to kick off season two. Top of the year. Top of the year. We probably will. We probably will 
have our conversation to close out this year. At the end of the year, we'll probably have the conversation about New Year's Eve and drop it on New Year's Eve. Have continual conversation that very same night. That'll be where we kick our season off with in January. And it's going to get better. Bear with us. Uh, we do have different things scheduled to talk to some other people. It won't just be me and Talim all the time. But for right now, guess what? It's me and Talim all the time. And, uh, you know, Talim really is uh, just helps me, helps my mental mental health and keep me in my same space because I refuse to be the guy doing a pod by myself. If I was reporting straight up news, then I could just set up a, a mic or a camera and be in a room by myself and just read through the reports. I want to have conversations. I know I'm kind of just on a soliloquy right now, so it's not like I'm really having a conversation. But the fact that I'm standing here looking at somebody, I still feel like I'm having a conversation. And that's what I want to bring, um, bring conversation to the game. Uh, next season, you'll get to know me a little better. You'll get to know Lim a little better. Uh, you'll get to know a little more about our regular interactions with each other, how we how we talk to each other when there's no mic turned on, whether it's good or bad. Um, I'm not always as well behaved as I've been in these recordings. I like to talk a lot of mess. Uh, I have a lot of experiences that are uh, funny stories that I like to share, and uh, you'll get to hear some of that. And we're going to be doing some interviews with some people that uh, we're very supportive of as well as just some people that we want to bring a spotlight to. And like I said, at the beginning of all of this, uh, from episode one, my whole aim is for you to tell people about my show and tell my show about people. So let me know if there's somebody that I need to know, if there's somebody I need to talk to, especially if you know me, if you're a part of this audience and you have my phone number, if there's somebody in our circle or in your circle that's doing something that's impactful. Honestly, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's authentic. I just don't want anybody to sit here and lie to the people. So whatever you're doing, if you're really doing that, doesn't matter how much money you're making from doing it. If you're legitimately pursuing and doing what you're talking about, you have a home on this platform. And this thing is going to grow. We haven't even really made an effort to roll it out yet. We literally have shared it with just a few people so far as we develop more content, as we develop our studio space. There's going to be more and more. The quality will improve. Right now, we're on an iPhone. We've done various episodes, like I said, on phones, on old computers, just any any device that has recording capability. We're recording it and loading it up to the app. Um, it, it, we're learning quite a bit. It's a learning process for us, but it's going to be dope. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope you all will bear with us. It's definitely going to become more entertaining. We're going to have a wide range of topics, a wide range of people joining us for conversation. This is not a one-track uh, tunnel vision type of platform. We're going to have educators. We're going to have entertainers. We're going to have ordinary people. Um, any individual that I might run across that strikes me as interesting might sit down, might sit down and talk. 
Uh, I'm going to sometimes have family members. I'm going to have a lot of family members that are doing things that I want to spotlight. But I'm going to also sometimes have family members that aren't really doing anything specific that I want to spotlight, but are just interesting personalities that I enjoy talking to. And so, like I said, it's going to always be a conversation with this right here, uh, the old player's perspective. This is the old player's perspective podcast. For those of you who do not know, and please tell somebody about us, uh, please subscribe or follow whatever icon is on your device for podcasts. Subscribe or follow the show. We have been, we've been a little bit slow getting the content out. Uh, we're living regular lives. Uh, it's hard for me to get tea, not not myself, but this fella, to sit down. He got his own life. He's a young person. He's trying to figure out where he's going and what direction he's going with his own endeavors to secure himself a future. And I respect that. Uh, he does not get paid for doing this with me. I don't get paid for it. Um, don't worry. We're going to get bread off of it. Don't don't feel sad for me when I say we're not getting paid. As long as y'all watching the videos. And, and, you know what I'm saying? This, this thing is going to move. This thing is going to move. This right here is the is the embryonic stage. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I'm just kind of trying to figure my schedule out. And it's been a little conflicting with the old player schedule. But we getting it all together. As long as y'all sharing the videos to y'all friends and families and leaving some feedback, it'll definitely get going quick. Yeah, and that's the other thing next year. Like once we get our space where it's a better presentation, we're going to start bringing video into the into the situation. That's a whole nother audience base that we could tap into on the visual side with the videos of the pod as opposed to the audio. Um, a lot of people don't even actually understand that a podcast is audio. Uh, as we know, it's a popular thing now for a person to get themselves a YouTube channel and start putting out their videos and calling it a podcast. And in some cases, they're not even recording or publishing audio. A podcast is audio. It is audio. It's like it's almost like independent radio. It's like internet radio. A podcast is audio. Yeah, this man, the podcast police, y'all. I ain't being the podcast police. <laughs> I'm just saying. Y'all out here putting videos out. No, no, that's dope. That's dope. I'm only bringing that up because as I'm sharing with people, oh, I've been working on my podcast. And they're like, oh, what's your YouTube? And I'm like, no, it's a podcast. Like YouTube is definitely a quick way to you, you, you can go, you can, I'm like, it's a podcast. Like, I'm available on uh I'm definitely on the main two platforms where most podcasts are consumed. The app that I started the program with is also a way that it's a free app. You can get it that way, uh, which is Anchor. I'll just say it. It's not a paid advertisement because Anchor ain't came with that cheat act. Shout out but, Anchor, man. You know, if I'm going to keep talking about this app on this show, y'all going to have to, uh, you know, I mean, I set my wallet up with you, Anchor, but there's nothing dropping in there, you dig? So anyway, that's that, you know what I mean? Um, I've had a decent experience with using it. It's it's a good app. It's a good tool to have. Uh, If you're more tech savvy or more social media savvy than myself, then you probably don't even need to use the app. You can do the same thing that, that we're doing the app just makes it easier. It gives you a tool that allows you to navigate through publishing and putting the content out, and it lightens up some of the legwork. Now, there's still some legwork you have to do. You can't just 
get on the app and everything just plays like that, you know, but I've learned so much just using the app that today I could give the app up and do this same kind of programming without the use of the app. But I think the app is cool. So until I have a specific bad experience or uh, until some major company wants to get behind us. We rocking with Anchor. We, we rocking. We rocking. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sometimes. I'm going to always shout them out, even though they probably don't care anything about me. Because I have had a good experience with using their product. And if I use a product and have a good experience, I don't mind saying I had a good experience. You might or might not have the same experience. But with that being said, a lot of people aren't aware that podcast is audio. So when someone says they have a podcast, first of all, any of us can start one. Record some audio. Uh, Especially if it's just your intellectual property, if you're not quoting other people's um, references and resources, uh, if you're not showing other people's content or playing other people's content, um, then it's, it's yours. And even if you do it through the app, it's still your content that you own. There are things, there's tools that make it more entertaining, make it sound more professional. I don't use them. Because I don't want there to be a conflict until this platform grows. I don't want there to be a conflict with who has rights to the material. So when the platform grows, music will come into play a little bit more. And then we do have music with, within our network uh, that we own that we could use and wouldn't have any conflict about it. But even that, like I said, we navigate through this space. When we get it all the way up and jumping... Then there'll be a theme song. It won't really be a theme song to the show. It'll be an excerpt of an existing song that just fits good with the show. We're going to do well, all of that. You never know. Y'all might hear me out here. You know what I'm saying? You might. You know what I mean? Um, or any of you. So we're going to open that up to that. Um, let's see here. Since we last talked. Fight the other night. Yes, yeah, uh, interesting. Tank fight. Um, Fresh cruise. This this is this is a, a a mixed emotion I have. Um, I wanted Tank to win, so I'm glad he won. Let's get that. Let's get that out the way and clear. As a fight fan who. It's far from a professional, but I am an astute fight fan, meaning though I am not a fighter or trainer myself, I am a student of the game. I have studied the game from a young age, and in my adult life, I have particularly paid attention to decisions that are made and how and how bouts are scored. I'm glad that the young man won. In our early episode, I talked about when you're when you're signed to a giant, they're gonna position you a certain way, and that's the dirty politics that come with the game. That a business is gonna protect its own interests, and I'm not suggesting that he didn't win. Though a lot of people feel like he didn't win. What I can say, it's hard to determine because it always looks like a guy is winning 
when he's the one that's more of the aggressor, the one throwing more and the one moving forward more. Tank is probably being influenced a lot by Floyd stylistically, and he's taken to this approach now where he's picking his shots and he's shooting accurate. So where sometimes it looks like this guy is just getting a bunch of shots off on you and you just getting a few in, really these guys are throwing punches. If you study fights and you look closely, a lot of them flurries in a boxing match ain't connecting to nothing. So with that being said, I'm not suggesting that this kid got robbed. The guy that I wanted to win won. I have a problem with the unanimous decision. I thought we were going to see a draw. Because I knew that a champion who signed to the promoter of the event, as long as he didn't get knocked out, they weren't going to say he lost. He was going to retain his belt. Unless he was clearly just, just getting even, Yeah, if he was clearly dominated and maybe even still. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a dirty game. It's a yeah. beautiful sport. And it's created a lot of opportunities for a lot of guys, especially minorities, or not even just minorities, but just a lot of guys who otherwise wouldn't have been able to achieve that kind of status in life of all races. Although I was watching from home, and I obviously I'm not ringside to see what's landing. It definitely looked a lot closer than what it was scored, in my opinion. So, so. yeah, I feel that way. And- you know, shout out to all of those individuals. Shout out to both of them, though. It was a lot of uh, good sportsmanship after the fact. Good sportsmanship, good, good, tough. I, I would actually, I don't necessarily know that it was worth the price of ordering it. It Ooh. definitely would not. Cruz definitely didn't disappoint, in my opinion. He, it, it, he, he did not disappoint. And I can say that it was action. With the hand thing, though. Action from bell to bell, it was action. So it was a good for the fans to watch. It was a good fight to watch, and uh, I'm not mad that the guy won because that's who I wanted to win the fight. I just would have liked to see it in a more convincing fashion. I never like to leave it to the skeptics and critics to suggest that something wasn't what it is. So. That's that, you know, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a pretty interesting bout. Um, last time we talked, we mentioned a little bit about the curse. Now we are, here we are. My team is at 500, which in past seasons, I'd be proud to be this point in the season to be at 500. Honestly, I think this is regular Raiders. Like, no matter how bad they start or how good they start, they're going to end with the same record. <laughs> Man, it's it's a sad thing. And again, this is not an endorsement of that man. But we have Chucky. If we had Chucky, I would say, yeah, hey, win out, close out 10 and 6, still might have an off chance that you can win the division and get in there. Listen, listen. Again, if we still had Chucky. He doesn't get the credit for the offensive savant and quarterback whisperer that he is, especially now that he's been ousted and, you know, bad man, bad man. 
and I, I don't condone any of that again. I'm not going to go back to it and talk too much about none of that. Uh, this in no way is an endorsement of him. But you can't take away the facts of a person's, you know, like they say, facts over feelings. I love that saying. I don't remember who I first heard it from the first time. That's what That's what all these artists, that's what these athletes, you can't take somebody greatness away no matter what they did. No matter how you feel about it. Yeah. You know, there's artists that, that were giant stars that I can no longer support. But I'm not going to start pretending like their work is whack. I just can't support them no more. So when I tell you to turn that off or ask you to turn that off, if it's not my space, I can only ask and tell you I don't want to hear it. I ain't going to pretend it's trash. I'm just training myself to, uh, you know, to to not be uh, in support of, of, of a scumbag, man. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of them in the world. I might be one. Not that. Not like that. Let's be clear. Not like that. I'm not saying I might be like any particular guy. I just might be a scumbag, though. Uh, you know, we we all fall short of the glory of God, you dig? So every man is flawed. Um, every human is a man. Meaning to say, when I say every man is flawed, that includes women and children. I'm not talking about adult males when I say every man is flawed. Mankind is flawed by nature. We were not intended to be perfect specimens. However, however, we have to remove ourselves from our personal feelings when it comes to certain things. And it's hard sometimes. It's really hard at times where there's a sentiment involved your favorite something or something or someone you love. You can be against something without being against someone and you can be against someone without being against something. Meaning I can be against what you did without being against you. And I can be against you without being against your work. So if you've done great work, I'm not going to discredit the great work you've done because you've also caused some destruction. However, I'm not going to pretend like you didn't destroy things just because you also did good work. That's just me. And I, and I expect to be held to that same standard. Don't, you know, I don't need a pass from nobody. Don't give me no passes. Call me on mines. You might help me be better. You might help me be better. Call me on mines every time. I mean, be prepared for what comes with that. And I'm not saying that in a threatening way like, you're going to call me on my mess and then I'm going to jump on you or something. No, what I'm saying is I'm the type of person that if you don't want to hear what I have to say, don't say anything to me about what's going on in my world, your world, or the world around us. If you don't want to hear what I have to say, don't say anything to me. Because just like putting your hands on someone, when you put your voice in somebody's ear, you're giving them the authorization to speak to you. So... You know, but yeah, that 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 fight seemed a little bit uh, yeah, you know I mean, exciting one to watch though, exciting one to watch. So I'm glad neither individual seemed to be damaged. It looked like they didn't even hurt each other. Well, Tank had a hand injury. 
No, he hurt. That's hurt. When your hand injury, that's hurting yourself. I know, but you said damaged or anything. I'm just saying, yeah, a little injury. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, he damaged himself, but it didn't look like they hurt each other. They was both getting some shots off. Yeah, little buddy, little buddy. Uh, you know, he got I, a lot of body work. I, I some good body shots, some good power punches. Um, Tank was was laser accurate though. Like I said, I could see the influence probably from training alongside him. You know, you got to know a guy like Floyd, retired or not, he's never really gonna stop training. It's certain guys who it's their life, their lifestyle, to stay fit and game ready. So he ain't gonna stop training whether he's fighting or not. That's why when he so choose to, when he want to grab a bag for an exhibition or whatever else, he can hop out, give himself a, a little time for a camp, and he ain't going to look like his old self because he's old. You can't be old and be your old self. The sad part of what comes with being old is you can't do some of what you did when you were young. But I, I, can, see the, I can see the influence, though Floyd is not his trainer, I can see the influence of where Floyd has affected his game and his game planning. He's a lot. He always had decent defense. He's a lot more defensive than in his early bouts and a lot less frequent and more accurate. So his accuracy percentages are going to, he's going to out percent a guy every time. He might not outland a guy, but percentage wise, he, he's going to, he, he's accurate. He's not wasting punches. With a guy like Mayweather, he was so good at it that unless you just didn't like him, you could plainly see that he's winning, even though you see this other guy throwing a lot. This guy is not as fluid as Floyd is with it. So I can see where a lot of people thought he was dominated. Some people I talked to felt like he got dominated. I didn't see that. I saw a close fight from start to finish. I saw a close fight from start to finish. In the earlier rounds, we was kind of scoring them ourselves. Uh, he got that one. He got that one. He got this one. Pretty close fight. And so I would have been able to live with whatever the decision was. Uh, I almost wish there was a knockout so that there wouldn't be anything to even question. Unless a guy took a dive, one thing that the knockout tells you is that this is real. You know, I don't know how much you have to pay somebody to take a dive because me, myself... I wouldn't do it. I, I would fight for a cheap price at this age. If it was somebody who wanted to get in the ring with an old man, uh, athletically old. I'm not a senior citizen, but athletically old. And I'm not a boxer. But give me eight weeks of camp, and I'll get in there for the low against anybody. And I'm not going to go in there and get touched and fall out. Uh, yes. It's been a lot of, well, it's been like a couple fights. You know, Haney fought the day before Tank. He won. He uh, had a pretty good uh, pretty good performance. And then um, Tofima Lopez fought uh, before that as well. And Lopez lose, didn't he? He lost to Cambosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he felt like he won. That was a good fight. That fight was better than the Tank fight, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was looking at It was knockdowns and... Blood. I'm not saying like that, but you know that it was really that was really battling. Yeah, you know because because you know you got to you got to really. And again, I'm not discrediting anybody, but when you don't have the biggest machine behind you, 
you got to really give the people a show and you got to really do your work. Uh, a lot of people were saying, like, the female beat itself because he was talking about that. He was talking about, I guess I ain't really watching all the the fight hype. So I guess he was saying he wanted the first round knockout. If you watch the fight, you can see he was headhunting. Hey, man. And they said, like, you know, that's that caused them to lose. It was a good fight. I don't know. I didn't watch the fight live. I watched the highlights. But that was a good fight. Man, I hope all of you, uh, those who participate in such a thing, had a, a good Thanksgiving holiday. Or uh, as, as, as Free Will likes to say, um, Indigenous People Massacre Day. Uh you know, you know, free. It was saying very revolutionary. I mean, very, very uh, uh, military minded when it comes to upholding and uplifting the people. And uh, so, you know, he doesn't directly, uh, you know, since his adult life, he doesn't directly deal with Thanksgiving per se, but he does use the day. You know, as a day of reflection, if you would. But I hope everybody had a good holiday. The year is almost over. Um, it's about to be 2022, man. When I tell you, uh, seemed like 1992 just happened. Um, you know, uh, I came out of high school then. Like I said, I'm not that old, but I'm getting old. I'm pretty old. Um so, yeah, like, man, this coming spring, I'll be 30 years since I graduated from high school, man. And when I tell you, I remember being uh, 11, 12. I remember starting middle school, coming out of, coming out of uh, my school system was, I went to elementary to sixth grade and middle school for seventh and eighth and then high school in the ninth grade. And I remember starting the seventh grade. And uh, when I was in the seventh grade, my big sister was an 11th grader. And she was so excited about being an 11th grader because she was one year out from her senior year. She was part of the class of 88. And I can remember in, in uh, late 86, listening to my sister talk about how 88 is right around the corner and she going to be out of school and she going to be grown and all of this stuff. And thinking to myself, like, man, when am I going to get out of high school? And I finished on time. So when I did the calculation, I was like 1992. That seemed like a time that would never come. In 86, I thought 1992 would never come. Now I look up, all of my children are adults, and I'm about six months out from being 30 years out of high school. I still ain't finished college, man. I'm saying I'm still a freshman. Let me tell you something, young people. Forget about gap years. Forget about trying to keep your hustle going now. Some people have to provide. Uh, so, you know, I'll be honest. I had, I had kids when I stopped going to school. And that was part of why I stopped going to school. It became a conflict for me and their mother to both be going to school. She was a more serious student than I was and was considering leaving school 
And I'm like, why would you do that? I don't even take school serious. If anybody need to leave, I'll leave. You go ahead and keep going. And that was a decision that was made. But the intention was just that I would turn around and go back to school. And I still want a degree. So I'm going to be going back to school. I'm going to be that old dude. You know, anybody that's ever been to a college or university graduation, it's always some man or lady old as heck walking across that stage, man. Like, I, I was at one graduation some years back, uh, and I witnessed uh, a grandmother graduate on the same day as two of her grandchildren. And I thought that was dope. Now, hopefully, my, 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 you know, I'm sort of a new grandparent. So hopefully I'll get it done faster than that. But if I don't, then guess what? If I don't get it done faster than that, and if the Lord is willing and I don't get taken from this place, hey, maybe I'll graduate with my grandchild. That'll be dope. You know what I mean? But my, my what I urge to the young people, obviously, if you have a professional opportunity, if you're going to go to the military um, if you're going to, if you have an opportunity to play professional sports, if you have a real opportunity to make money as an entertainer, okay, you want to forego college and you can jump right into a paying career, I'm all for it. You know, you could go play AAA ball, I'm all for it. But if you don't have something lined up already, I can tell you the more time you wait on your education, the harder it is to go back to it. And I had the utmost respect for people who return to school and go and do that thing. You know what I mean? Uh, one of my close friends right now is studying. And every time I hear about it, like it, it inspires me. Like, you know what? I, I need I need to go back to school. Like I, I'm literally listening to somebody my age talking about their studies and their homework and their professors and I'm like, man, I always want I always wanted a PhD. Not for my profession. That's the crazy thing. It ain't even about making money. I want to make money, but I don't like to make that the basis of me doing things because young in young in life, every time I did something from that basis, I made bad decisions. So at this point, even work, like even working a job. Now, obviously, you work a job to earn money. But the kind of work you do should should bring you something else, some other benefit other than just making money. You should be making some kind of contribution or doing something that is in alignment with your passions. Uh, this show right here is going to become my job. Like this is I'm an individual. This is not a company. But this is the framework for a company. I want to build this brand, the old player's perspective. I want to build this brand up to where it's a thriving machine that has units and departments and different and different things going on, different ventures. So this might become my job because I'm passionate about it. I, I like to run, you know, I like to chop it up with people. Like I said, I've been very self-conscious about what I say. So it's going to take a little time for those of you that don't already know me for you to see my real personality. Somebody might be listening to this and saying, this is not how he is in person. Man, this fool talk cash poo-poo. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to watch my language, so I'm going to say cash poo-poo. And, and that also, I'm a foul mouth. For the sake of this platform, I want it to be digestible for all listeners. So I'm really making my best effort to keep my language in check. Um, and also that will help 
with with future monetization as well. But I, I just really want families to be able to sit and listen to this together. And, and, and you know, three-year-olds and 83-year-olds alike. I don't want to offend anyone with this podcast. Now, when I turn the mic off, if you're offended, guess what? Exactly. I'm not going to use that kind of language. But that's how I feel. When the mic goes off, if I offend you, get off where you mad at. I'm right here. Get off where you mad at. You know what I mean? And again, that ain't no tough guy stuff. I'm old, man. You sock me right now. I'm down goes Frazier. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got that no more. You know what I mean? But I, I'm still not backing down from nothing. You understand me? I'm still not backing down from nothing at all. <laughs> and you could bet that. Anybody that would dispute that will say it to you and they won't say it to me. You know what I mean? Even coming up, even people that I know personally. People say a lot of stuff about me. They don't say it to me. And Thanks. I and I can live with that. Thanks. I can live with that. I can live with you not thinking so highly of me as long as you treat me with respect when you're in my presence. I, I, I kind of look at that as a sign of respect. Some people might say it's not, but that's how I look at it because I feel the same way. Right. If you're not comfortable to say what you feel about me in front of me, then you must respect me a little bit. Facts. Because if you didn't respect me at all, you would have said it right to me. Exactly. Straight up, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm not going to make it about that. Like I said, it's too much too much turmoil in our community. I don't want nobody to feel like I'm calling them out and push up on me and force me to do something that is not what I want to do, you know what I mean, or have something done to me that I don't want done to me. So we ain't going to play with that. But uh, also, man, I'm saying I've been on a, on a popular video streaming platform. Um, watching different stuff in my spare time. Uh, I like to watch a lot of different interviews on different kinds of platforms from television shows to podcasts to YouTube channels. Um, I like to watch a lot of different interviews because I got a lot of upcoming interviews and I'm kind of going to school. I'm, I'm looking at interviewers and dissecting what I think they do that's effective and what I think they do that they probably shouldn't. So, you know, I've been studying this stuff because as I do more interviews, as opposed to just conversations, I want to bring something out that the audience wants to know, but I also want to not dominate the conversation where the person being interviewed has the comfort to just open up and share what's on their mind. Um, So I've been watching a lot of interviews and there's been some, some funny stuff and then uh in, in scrolling through i just been paying attention to a lot of different people's content and uh, man it's got me uh you know it's been years I, I ain't up for taking care of a life right now that's that's like having a new baby but i need dogs again man I, i've been reminded how much of a dog lover i am and how long it's been since i had a dog shout out to mini bowl you know what i mean i was forced to care for a, a dog, a puppy, well, a one-year-old. But man, that dog bad, man. Hard-headed, beautiful, beautiful animal. Hard-headed as ever. So I wasn't able to enjoy him as much as I would have because I wanted to take him everywhere because he was so good-looking. 
but I didn't want him to embarrass me or harm somebody's pet. But it was forced on me. I didn't even want to care for the animal, but I'm an animal lover. So it's just like you dropped a baby off on my porch. I don't want to take care of this baby, but until somebody else that's responsible for the baby shows up, I'm going to make it my duty because I care about the youth. It's the same with animals. So I took care of the dog and was bonding with the dog, but still died for him to come get his dog. He finally showed up days after he said he would be there and ended up losing his dog. Now, I know serious dog lovers, that's like an ultimate offense to lose your dog, to, to, to be so unattentive that you literally lose your animal. But he lost the dog, man. I'm not trying to pick at you, nephew, man, but you lost the dog, man. I should have just took him home with me. Hey, man, personally, I I like dogs, but I think I'm allergic to them now, so I don't even be messing with dogs no more. Hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I don't always want people's dogs around me, but I, all, I love dogs. I, 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 love, I love all animals. Like, me and my big cousin, my female cousin, when we were kids, we both thought we wanted to be veterinarians, and we were like critter catchers. Like we caught, we caught any kind of pet somebody would buy us. We always wanted. Um, Y'all was different. We we always wanted some kind of pet. We was critter catchers. We go to creeks and catch tadpoles and raise a, a frog farm. <laughs> like just catch tadpoles, keep them in a fish bowl, and you watch them develop. So at first, you know, if you've ever seen a tadpole before, it almost looked like just a head and a tail. Almost, yeah, like a head and a tail. Like, if you ever had sex education, tadpoles look like the pictures of sperm that they show you in sex education when you're a school kid. It's just a head and a tail. As they get a little older, they, the, the tail starts to shrink shorter and the back legs start to grow in. And then the front, the front arms or legs start to grow in. And you slowly start to see it look more and more like a frog and the tail gets shorter and shorter to where at a certain point, the tail is just like almost like a butt. Like you don't actually see a tail there anymore. But uh, we used to go catch tadpoles at anybody that's from the town right there where Oakland Zoo is. You know, that's Nolan Park. There is or was. I haven't been there so many years. I'm assuming the creek is still there because it was a creek. There's a creek at Nolan Park. And whenever someone, when we would go there for a picnic or whatever, when we were kids, we would go get up in this creek with jars, cups, nets, anything we could use to catch something. And we would catch tadpoles and come home with jars full of tadpoles and put them in fish bowls. And we would feed them stuff from like fish food. We feed them fish food as the frogs start to turn to frogs. I don't even know if that's something frogs like or not, but we would feed them like bacon bits and we would raise these frogs, and then eventually they would usually jump out of the habitat that we built for them, and, then, and who knows what would happen to them from there. But we would raise frogs. We'd get them in a fishbowl. This probably sounds like super corny, but it's something I did as a child, man. I said, I'm a nerd, man. By all means, um, I'm a little gangster. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not a criminal. Law enforcement community, I am not a criminal. Search my background. I'm Charlie. But my mentality, I'm gangster-minded. That, that's what I come up under. That's the influences that I came up under in my community. It's not the kind of family I came from. And so 
it was always a conflict for me because my nature was one way and I was raised to be another way. And so I kind of lived a double life for most of my childhood. But underneath underneath the gangster exterior, I've been a super nerd my whole life. Like I've been reading books since forever. You know what I mean, I used to tell people don't play with me and stand me. I used to read books at recess. Now I did play ball at recess and chase little girls around like every other kid in elementary school. But a lot of times I spent my recess reading books. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, you know how people say I quit school. I don't play. I quit school because of recess. Hey man, I used to I used to read books at recess. I don't do a lot of playing. That's the reality. You know what I mean. But uh, yeah, we used to have frog farms. I didn't had hamsters, rabbits. Uh, we would find a litter of cat kittens and raise kittens, give kittens away. Uh, one time we had kittens and their mama came and stole them back. We found the kittens in one place. We put them in a little crate. And in the, and in the night we kept trying to check on the kittens through the night from my uncle window, looking at them through the window in the backyard at nighttime when we supposed to be in bed asleep. About four in the morning, the mama showed up. And scooped her babies up and left one behind. I don't know if that one smelled too much like us or what. She took all the rest of them and left that one. So we ended up with one kitten. The one that was my favorite, a little black one that was hella mean. I called him Battle Cat. If you remember He-Man, uh, we talking about like... Mm, we talk about like 82... Something like that, 1982. Somewhere around there, around 82, early 80s. Early 80s because like a, a short time after that, I started just wanting to do nothing but what older kids did. And the next thing you know, I was trying to live like a grown person. But probably around 82, that had made me like eight years old. I used to watch He-Man. It was like, I don't know if it was a new cartoon, but it was new to me. I had just got up on it like... And uh, he had a he had a, a lion named Cringer, a tiger named Cringer. And when he would turn into He Man, his tiger Cringer Cringer was a, a coward ass tiger. But when when He Man turned into He Man, Cringer turned into Battle Cat. So anybody that's around that age or just a cartoon fan, you remember that. So I had named this little kitten Battle Cat because that little fool was mean as ever, man. And I'm like I. I I used to like I'm a I'm a train him. He gonna be an attack cat. I'm a little dumb kid. Like man, he gonna be an attack cat. You see how mean this cat is? I'm gonna be able to sick him on dogs. <laughs> anyway, don't mind me, man. Said that was this this nerd moment was brought to you by the old player himself, man. Said he was on the sick one with that. Hey, man, I am who I am, man. Saying that anybody that really know me, they know that it's all real. Like. Meaning that, you know, there'll be some hater that'll try to suggest I'm some kind of thug, which I'm not. There'll be another hater that'll try to suggest I'm a square, which I'm not. I am a nerd and a gangster. I am not a thug or a square. Sound like the same thing, right? It's not. It's not. I am not thuggish by any means. I just live by certain codes. I don't play certain games, and I don't allow people to treat me a certain way. That's all that is. Um, that's some of the influence I, I came up under uh, the guys. Unfortunately, now for me, I had family members that were legitimate 
working citizens that were making good lives for themselves. So I had more examples of how to have a good life. But by and large, in the community that I grew up in, the only people you saw enjoying the good life was those and those and those, the hustlers, the players, you know I'm saying Max, dope dealers. Uh, so, you know, we came up under a lot. Of, and, and then also media, movies and television had a big influence on us. Everybody wanted to be, uh, everybody wanted to be Al Pacino when he did Scarface. Everybody, you know, culture, I mean, we, we're, we're obsessed with the bad guy. Like everybody in real life, everybody kind of acts weird and strange about the bad guy or the rebellious figure. But we're, we're all fascinated by that. And Mom, the man, the West West Oakland created a whole breed to where if you're around a certain age, even if you're a nerd like myself, you are with the poo-poo and you probably got down and probably done some things that you wouldn't do if you had it to do over again. Me personally, I think everything I ever did in life, if put in the same situation, I'd probably do it the same way. Not that there's nothing... You know, there's some things that I wish I never did. But I don't have no regrets, man, about anything I ever did. And I even raised my kids uh, on that. that I, I never regret anything I did. I only regret things I didn't do. So, you know, the uh, I don't regret leaving school. But I regret that I didn't finish school. You dig? I, I still, I'm going to go back to school. It's, so it's going to be an episode where I'm talking to y'all about my homework. Like, man, this statistics class is mad hard, B. Ain't no need to regret it if it, you feel me? It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. But also, don't do anything that ain't what you really want to do. The reason I don't have any regrets is I, I don't do anything that, that I don't want to do. Like, I might do some things that aren't my choice. But if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Not on my job. Not at my mama's house, not at my house, period. So I might do something, and the only reason that I do it is to help somebody out. I might not feel like it, but if I didn't want to do it, I just wouldn't do it. But anyhow, um, you know, live out your purpose. Be, be okay with being who you are, especially in a time like this. These days, um, there's a support, there's a network. Man, the internet has connected everybody together. There's a, a even if you're a weirdo, there's whole allegiance alliances of weirdos. This technology to put us where we can find somebody in the world that's into whatever we're into. So be okay with being who you are. You did, you know what I mean, be okay with being who you are. Nobody has the right to judge you. Um, also, those of you. Who sell, whatever you celebrate. Some people don't celebrate anything during this time of year. If you celebrate, I grew up celebrating both Kwanzaa and Christmas my whole life. I didn't find Kwanzaa as an adult. The generations before me in my family observed that when it was a new thing. Um, obviously, if you know about it, you know it's based on an African holiday, but Kwanzaa itself is an African-American holiday. That's based on the African holiday 
to celebrate the harvest of the first fruit. So if you've ever done a Kwanzaa celebration, that's why some of the symbols that they have and some of the some of the dialogue that takes place during this celebration is speaking about the year's accomplishments. Obviously, it's an end of the year holiday like a lot of the holidays are. And, uh, you know, if you go to a time where agriculture was the fuel of the economy. Or go to, you know, or the, the fuel of trade in a lot of cases in, in more ancient times. The harvest, the first harvest is something worth celebrating. And that's the basis around which Dr. Karenga developed the African-American holiday Kwanzaa. You know what I mean? I actually got to meet that brother. He's like a peer of one of my uncles. Um, our family was celebrating. He, he created the holiday. Our family was celebrating it before he became a friend of my uncle. Um, once they became aware of it, my pops, my uncle and them, they embraced that. Uh, I, I grew up in a very, uh, African centered, uh, family life. Not like, uh, you know, I was born in the United States and multiple generations before me were born in the United States, but I just came from a family who were, uh, very much pro black, uh, you know, community involved. Tapped in with their roots. You know, tapped in with their roots or seeking. Yeah. Seeking, like, you know, uh, my, my, my uncle, but my dad as well, but really my uncle is, like, very educated in a wide range of these matters. And I can remember him figuring it out, being a young kid in, during the course of him studying at when he was done with his education, you know, education is ongoing. Formal education is a school process and it has a beginning and an ending, but education itself is lifelong like science is. And so I can remember as my uncle would become more aware of these different things, he would educate the rest of our family on these things he was learning. So uh, a good portion of my family are college educated but everybody in my family is educated, even if they've never done well in school, if they've never been to college, because we just came from a family where we were being schooled all of the time. I can remember, and I still use it to this day, but I can remember one of my aunts always telling us, ain't is not a word, because we would always say, I still say, I ain't doing that. Man, you ain't. Ain't is not a word, because it, it's not a word. We use the word ain't as for one, the English language has too many different ways to say the same thing. So when we are saying ain't, we typically grammatically should be saying isn't, isn't or aren't, depending on what the scenario is. You aren't my friend, not you ain't my friend. He isn't my friend, not he ain't my friend. But the, the, the negative form of being because we're talking about the verb to be. The French would say etre. The verb to be in the various conjugation of it. None among them in the English language is the word ain't. But we use it. We all know what it means. You dig? Um, what else? I, I ain't even covered most of, you know, I, I was so a little bit out of shape about hearing about 400 passing and it's been so long since we got on here. You ain't really telling me nothing. I'm just sitting there running off at the mouth. 
Uh, I could have did this by myself, but then I would have felt like a weirdo. Yeah, you definitely could have did this by yourself on this one, but you know, it's your podcast, so I'm not mad at it. I actually had a gym, uh, a gym shift today, but you know what I'm saying? I had to sit down with the old player. You know, yeah, it's, it's not my, it's our podcast. It's the I people's podcast. Man. I miss y'all, man. Y'all hey. don't even know me, but I miss y'all, so I had to sacrifice. Definitely, and tell somebody about us, and tell them it's going to get better. If you know us personally, then just support us just because, even if you don't like it. If you don't like it, call me. Call me and tell me what you like to hear us talk about. If there's someone among your friends and family, my friends and family, community, active people, if there's any programs going on that you feel need to be highlighted, this right here is the community's platform. It's just my perspective. I, If you come talk to me, at some point you're going to hear what I think. Yeah, don't be hating without giving no feedback. And this this new year coming up, it's going to be a movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have my thing situated. And I'm doing things to put myself in a position to be ready. And I'll be able to be down here with the old player himself, chopping it up, giving y'all good quality content, and we're going to go up. Yeah, and, and sometime soon, uh, I'm going to bust out a couple of, I'll probably post, I'll probably put them on the podcast. I will more than likely list it as a trailer. But on the inaugural episode, when I was with Free, he was sharing about his spoken word performance and some pieces that some some different projects that he wants to work on uh, with regard to spoken word. And I told him I'm a fake weight spoken word artist myself. Fake weight. It's not really what I do, but I do write. And uh, and he suggested to me, man, you need to have the old players poetry segment on the show. Yeah, so, you know, like maybe every Friday. I was thinking of some stuff like that. Maybe we could do or maybe we could do a. I don't know, just something different, different type of topics, different type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we talk about a lot of different things. It might be a day a day out the week. We want to just, you know, kind of be more how we are off the, the microphone to a certain extent. It just, just let, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, just letting loose a little bit. It's, it's definitely a process of talking uh, on a recording. So it's, it's really a comfortability thing, feeling like you don't want to say the wrong thing or you know, and this is dumb it. therapeutic, y'all. I'm telling you, I I don't uh, I don't shy away from competition, but I don't even look at this as a competition. I am literally a fan of so many different podcasts, so many different podcasts, and this is before everybody was putting their podcasts on videos. Um, I'm a fan of so many podcasts, and so. It's a lane that's been carved. It's an accessible lane for anybody. You don't have to have a machine behind you to get your content out there. It's a lot of legwork that involved that's involved in actually building a real audience that will allow you to do this for a living. This right now is not something I earn a living with at all. That is one of the end goals is to parlay this into another project and another project that'll all be springboarded off of the old player's perspective. And as these other projects come into play, we'll always have this home base, come back to this platform and tell you what else we got going on. You know what I mean? So stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Like I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to pick out, I'm going to go dig through. I got some old folders and envelopes with pieces probably far back as the nineties. Maybe 
I'm going to dig out a few of these poems that I've written. Some of it is very basic. Uh, I write I write some things that are deep, some things that are kind of just menstrual, you know, uh, you know, fluff pieces, if you would. Um, I'm definitely going to do uh, one piece that I, that I probably wrote. Mm. Three to four years back. Three to four years back, no more than five. Three to four years back, I, I wrote a piece, um, 1,000 Chances. I, I, I don't know if I have it in writing anywhere, but that's one of the ones that I actually remember the words to. Uh, it's easier to write the, the, the more basic pieces, the rhyming pieces are easier to write and a little easier to remember. Some of the some of the harder ones to write are the ones that don't rhyme. And, and it's simply, uh, I guess if you're a person that can't rhyme, then making the one that rhyme is probably the hardest. For me, making the rhyme is easy. Even with rapping, I'm not I'm not a rapper by profession, but I spit. I've been spitting for, for years and years and years. I mostly spit true stories, so the the creativity only comes into play with making the words rhyme. The story writes itself. Well, when it's poetry, most poetry I write is based on a true story, meaning either something I experience or something I witness. But I'm not actually just telling a true story. So I have to tap more into my creativity uh, sometimes. But the 1,000 chances, I'm definitely going to share that one because I know all the words to it. And, uh, you know, probably the ladies will probably like that one. Because, um, you know, the, the, the whole uh, theme of that particular piece is uh, basically basically about a man messing up. You know what I mean? So probably most grown ladies has been with a man or is still with a man. That has messed up before. So that one is for you guys. You know what I mean? 1,000 chances. I'm going to dig out a couple of other ones. It's not going to be no whole long thing where we have a whole hour or two on poetry. But I'm going to dig through some pieces in the days to come. The next time I hop on here to record, I'm going to just hop on and make it a trailer. So when you go to the pie, it'll be available as a trailer. If you see trailer, it's going to be it's gonna be more than one trailer on there because there's an existing trailer. But one of those trailers is going to be me reciting a couple of spoken word pieces. And really, that's just not that he don't know I get busy, but that's just to let my guy know that I'm serious, that I do got pieces and I can create new pieces so that if he is going to do a spoken word project, I want to be a part of it. You dig? Because that's just a problem I've always had. I've never been one to sleep much because I didn't want to miss anything. You dig? So, hey, while the rest of the world is sleeping... I'm up thinking. <laughs> Come on, man. And if you sleeping eight hours in a day, I'm like, man, I can sleep for three hours and have five hours more of fun and food. Like, uh, I, I could be hustling. I could be eating. I could be partying. Man, you can keep that eight hours of sleep. Give me a hot three and give me 21 hours a day to do what I do. You did. So that's what separates me from a lot of people. I am a hard worker. Y'all ain't got a chance to see that yet, but I'm a fake hard worker, meaning I like to work hard at the beginning so I can slow down at the end. That's my thing. That's my thing. Do half the job in the time that it takes to do a fourth of the job. 
so that I could coast through the second half of the job. You dig what I'm saying? That's that's what I call load management. So that's how I manage my load. T walking away on me. So I guess he's done. You understand me? It's been a blast, you guys. This is the old player's perspective. I'm just one old player, and this is my perspective. Have a great day.